0: This is Tanner's Takes with your host, Tanner Yoho. Hey guys, before we get started, I just wanted to pop in real quick and tell you that this is the new rebranded Tanner's Takes. I did Vets Minimum podcast for a couple weeks and I thought that kind of narrowed me down to sports and I didn't want to be narrowed down to sports. So Tanner's Takes is going to be a podcast uh, where I talk about whatever the hell I want. That's the best part about it is I can talk about Pop culture, sports, music, the city of Wheeling, the state of West Virginia, the country, politics. I can do whatever I want with it. So I'm so excited to do it in this package that I'm going to do. And let me just tell you what I mean by that. I'm going to be doing content creation. Uh, most of you know I own my own business, I think, if you know who I am. And in doing marketing, I've thought, you know, what's what better way to market myself than to do content creation? So you're going to see my Twitch channel is going to get a little more active Uh, We're going to be creating YouTube videos once MLB The Show comes out. I've got huge plans for that. And just creation of videos in business, with my business. I'm going to do tip videos. I'm going to do tutorials. It's going to be great. So I hope you guys are along for the ride, and I appreciate you for checking this out. I'd love to hear your feedback, for sure. And if you're somebody that I know, or even that I don't know, and you want to hop on a podcast, you want to get your own podcast, start your own channel... Hit me up. I'd love to help you out, and I'd I'd love to do a show with you even. So, with that being said, enjoy the first episode of Tanner's Takes. We're going to get into the Eagles offseason on this one. You guys better buckle up, because I got the juice, man. And we're going hard in 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing today? Today's March 12th. It is a Tuesday, which means I don't have class today. So you know that's a good day. Today, we are going to discuss the Eagles' offseason as of 2.20 p.m. Of course, if somebody gets signed within the next uh, 20 minutes, I'll probably freak out, and you'll hear it in my voice that I'm freaking out. But for now, we're just going to get right into it. The Eagles started off free agency early, uh, almost right at the beginning of the tampering period. We heard that the Eagles were signing interior defensive lineman Malik Jackson from Jacksonville, to a three-year, thirty-million-dollar deal that puts him at ten million per. Uh, just a little bit about Malik Jackson. Uh, the dude's a good player. He's a real good player. He had a little bit of a down year last year in uh, in Jacksonville. I think that a lot of that had to do with the talent around him, more so than him himself. Uh, if you just take a quick look at the stat line, he played uh, all sixteen games. He's played all sixteen games the past three years. Oh, sorry. Sorry, he didn't. We're going to restart this take again. Uh. <sighs> <sighs> All right, the first thing we're going to talk about is Malik Jackson. The Eagles signed Malik Jackson right as the tampering period began. Uh, he's an interior defensive lineman from Jacksonville. It's a three year, $30 million deal. He's a good player. And you know that Jim Schwartz and Howie Roseman, and really the whole Eagles scheme of people love this interior defensive line scheme that they run um they always have had Fletcher Cox they signed Timmy Jernigan who started out great and had a great year before he hurt his back and then he wasn't really able to get back up on that level the defensive line's a huge thing for the Eagles they probably have the best defensive line in the league uh pro football focus has the interior front seven ranked as the best in the league and I don't know if you buy into pro football focus I don't really but just as a baseline they are considered the best by them. And when you, when you have Fletcher Cox, what we saw this year with the Eagles was in games when we didn't have a second defensive tackle, which was a lot of games where Michael Bennett was sliding in, he was, but he's playing all around the line. He's playing end. he's playing tackle. When you get a bona fide defensive tackle like Malik Jackson, that takes a lot of pressure off Fletcher Cox. And really what it does is it frees up both of them to go make plays because the offense is going to have to pick one. You're not going to be able to double both because then we've got Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett coming off the edge, and maybe Chris Long if he doesn't retire. And they're going to have to double somebody and they're going to have to pick their poison. It's really just dying by a thousand paper cuts in my opinion. I think part of the problem last year with Jackson's numbers uh, just to to give you the numbers, 32 total tackles, 12 QB hits. I mean, he, he didn't have a, a phenomenal year, three and a half sacks. The year before that was a little better, only 11 QB hits, but 40 tackles, eight sacks. And that's really what the Eagles want to get, is them hits and a sack. But this year, as my phone goes off in the background, because I didn't put it on silent, because I'm very unprofessional, this year... He didn't have a lot of help in there. He got double and triple teamed a whole hell of a lot. And you, you just can't, as a defensive lineman, if you're getting triple teamed, I don't care who you are, you're not going to make plays. It's just not going to happen. You have to have a little bit of talent around you or at least a threat of talent around you. Jacksonville was a really good defense in 2017. They took a step back in 2018, and that reflects on the stat line here. I think that this this already takes even his presence alone is going to free up Fletcher Cox to make more plays. And we already know Cox makes a lot of plays. Fletcher's out there making QB hits, making pressure, and doing everything he can to impact the offense, and this is only going to help that more. So this one, if I'm going to give it a grade, this one's a B, B plus in my opinion. The second thing we're going to talk about, and personally, my favorite thing to talk about, is Howie Roseman pulled the trigger on a trade. You know he loves to trade. And you can just feel it coming. There's going to be a trade this offseason. I don't know who it's going to be. And it's for Deshaun Jackson. The Eagles are going to send a 2019 6th round pick to the Bucks In exchange for Jackson. And a 2027th round pick. Now that's all according to Chris Mortensen from ESPN. Uh, ESPN's Tim McManus had the contract numbers that are going to be restructured. It's going to be a 3-year $27 million deal. That's 9 per... And for first of all, before I even get into the football aspect of why this is awesome, the man should have never been cut. Deshaun Jackson was killing it as a Philadelphia Eagle. He was dominant. He had huge plays, memorable plays. Uh, welcome back to the er, yeah, welcome back. The miracle of Demeto Lands too was just. I remember sitting in TJs and wheeling and just screaming when that was going on. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. It was nuts. He had the play against Dallas where he took what I believe was a curl, a little six-yard curl, and he banged it out for about an 80-yard touchdown. And as he went to the end zone, he flipped backwards and looked at Terrence Newman like, you can't cover me, man. You're trash. He's just such a memorable guy, and Philadelphia loved him. I didn't ever run into an Eagle fan that didn't love Deshaun Jackson. And I think that Chip Kelly cutting him was more of an ego thing for Chip. We know how Chip was. He let Macklin walk, he cut d he traded Shady, he just he took our team and he imploded it. He imploded it, man, and how he's going to right that wrong, we're so happy to have him back, I think. I think I have seen all the fans are pumped. There's been a couple that have been not so excited, I would say, but I for by and large, this is a great move just for the fan base to get to welcome him back home where he belongs. As far as on the football field, the man is still dominant on the field. He is a—I'm not going to say he's a one-trick pony, because that's kind of disrespectful. But we all know what d does, okay? He's going to line up, and he's going to run in a straight line, and he's going to run past your whole team, and there's not a lot you're going to be able to do about it. And I know a lot of people are saying, Tanner, he's been in the league for 10 years. He's going to be 32 this season. I mean, what are you expecting out of him? And, and i got to be honest with you, I don't think he's lost a step. I'm reading on Twitter— I. I just don't think he has lost a step. We saw him play Tampa Bay this year, down in in Tampa, the Eagles did, and he was still flying around the field. I haven't seen anything resembling what I would call a loss of step. He might be just a hair slower. And even a hair slower for Deshaun Jackson, he's still way faster than everyone on the field. We saw last year the Eagles needed a deep threat. Nelson Aguilar is a great receiver with what he does. He's good at the intermediate routes and creating space. Deshaun Jackson is not Nelson Aguilar. He is going to run past your team, he's going to make big plays, and he's going to have a hell of a lot of fun doing it. And just to prove that, you know, this signing is so integral and good, he had almost 19 yards per reception last year. 19 yards per reception. When he gets a catch, it's not a little five-yard gain. He's not going to be that guy like Alshon that can just bang out these 10-yard completion, 10-yard completion, 10-yard completion. This is purely a big play home run hitter that the Eagles have lacked. Golden Tate, when he came here, I thought he would be a home run hitter. We'd be able to throw him some short passes and let him run after the catch. It didn't really work like that, although Tate played well down the stretch. He wasn't able to stretch the field the way Deshaun Jackson's going to stretch the field. Think about what this does for not only the team, but if we go on an individual level. Let's talk about Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon on one side, Nelson in the slot, Deshaun on a, on the right. I mean, the field is going to naturally be more spaced for all the receivers because they're going to have to account for the speed on the outside. They're going to have to account for Nelson in the slot, and they're going to have to account for Alshon. Now you want to add in Zach Ertz. You want to add in Dallas Goddard. The, the whole secondary is going to change when they play the Eagles. Now they're not going to be able to key in on one guy. It's just not going to happen. You're going to get eaten to death if you do that. So this play or this signing, trade whatever it is, the trade is a great move for the Eagles. I think this is a home run by Howie. And for a 6th round pick you know a lot of people get hung up on the fact that draft picks are valuable. You can't trade assets like that. But I'm here to tell you that a six-round pick, if you can convert that to a reliable veteran player, you do it every single time. I know there's people out there that have hit home runs with late-round draft picks. I know it, and I, I trust me, I get it, and I understand why you're concerned. But when you can guarantee a conversion of a pick to a veteran, late pick, rather, to a veteran, you got to do it. And this is such a good move. Carson Wentz is going to be able to just sit in the pocket and just launch it deep. I mean, he's, he's going to be able to just gun it deep because Deshaun's going to be open, and if he's not open, he's going to draw pass interference, he's going to draw a holding, or he's going to catch the ball and score a touchdown. Can you imagine? Just think about that play, the opening play of the Monday night football game with Michael Vick at quarterback and d running deep. I think it was from maybe the 15-yard line. I remember Vick snapped the ball, PA handoff, Sits there and just guns one deep and Djax takes it home. Takes it home from like 80 with, with 10 seconds into the game. I mean, that's that's all I see when I think about what this signing does for the Eagles. They're going to be able to just stretch the field in a way that they didn't stretch it last year. You know, Torrey Smith did a good job a couple years ago. Last year they didn't have that threat and now they get it. Inher- Howie did a great job of fixing that. and And just on a team building standpoint, they've Filled two needs already and we haven't even got to the draft so this is a this move I'm giving an A this is a great move and for what it costs I mean this is this is easy money for Howie the third thing we're going to talk about today is uh inside linebacker Jordan Hicks announced this morning well he didn't announce Ian Rappaport announced that he is going to sign with Arizona for four year 36 million dollar contract it's nine million per uh, and listen, uh, you know, I love me some Jordan Hicks. You know, we all remember pretty much every time we play the Cowboys, Jordan Hicks comes up with a big play. Um, I I don't love talking about players hurting players, but it's my belief that Jordan Hicks was the beginning of the end of Tony Romo's career. Because he I remember he tackled Romo and broke his collarbone. Jordan Hicks is a good, good inside linebacker. And he's a playmaker on the inside. He, he get, picks up fumbles. He's great in coverage. And he's able, he's got hands, so he catches it when he's great in coverage. He doesn't just tip the ball. But how often is he healthy? That's really, you know, when you think about Jordan Hicks as a football player, and he's playing a position where there's contact every play. You know, he's not playing corner where he can hide. Uh, he's playing a position where he has, has to be able to, To make plays and be there every single play. So with that being said, just taking a quick look at his line since 2015 when he came in the league. He has played all 16 games one time in 2016. He played all 16. Had a great, great season. He had five interceptions from the linebacker spot. He had a fumble recovery. He had 86 total tackles and 5 QB hits. Just really a good, solid year. And that's when he came on the scene. That's when everybody was like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh, we got ourselves a player here. Right? And then 17, he gets hurt in the Carolina game. He's out for the year with an Achilles. Uh, Achilles, I'm not going to be too hard on him for an Achilles tear. Um, Seven games played, only 28 tackles. And then 18, which is a reclamation year from the Achilles, he only played in 12 games. He had 91 tackles, which is more than he had in his 16 game season. But you cannot sign, and well, I mean, I guess you can if you're not wanting to compete for a Super Bowl year in and year out. But I don't think you can sign him to a four year, $36 million deal when the man just can't play 16 games. You know, I don't want to call him injury prone because I don't like that term in the slightest. But he has not proven the ability to stay on the field. And if you're not on the field, and a team like the Eagles that are in salary cap mode year-round trying to create space, whether it's converting money to signing bonus or putting incentives in contracts to get under the salary cap, you can't dedicate that kind of money to a guy that might not be able to play 16 games. And uh, as much as I love Jordan Hicks and really wish that we could have worked out a one-year prove-it deal with Jordan Hicks, I'm not terribly upset about losing him. He's a great player when he's healthy, but he's not healthy. So the, the question then becomes, how do they replace Jordan Hicks? right? So the obvious move is Nigel Bradham's going to slide inside the inside linebacker and command the defense. Bradham had a little bit of a down year towards the end of the season last year, but in 2018, 2017 rather, he was great. He was a great linebacker, and I think he'll get back there. I don't think that's an issue at all. But I think what needs to happen is, There's not a lot of linebacker depth in the draft this year, right? There's just not a lot. So they're going to have to, I guess the word would be, scrape the heap in free agency and just find a body that can play in certain packages. They don't need to find an every-down linebacker. Um, They don't need to find another Jordan Hicks, for example. They need to find somebody that can defend the run, And they need to find somebody that is responsible in his gap. That's what I think the two most important things are, and I think that's going to be found. That's why you have a scouting department. There's going to be a free agent that slips through the cracks. They can get on a cheap deal that can just fill that role. And the best thing about defense is if you're missing a good linebacker, well, you can play nickel. The Eagles are a great nickel team, and they can just play nickel all day, I bet, and they'd be fine. So I'm not terribly concerned about losing Jordan Hicks. Alright, so this this section here of the podcast is, uh, is something I thought about right before I did the podcast. I was like, you know what would be cool? I'm just going to do quick takes. They're going to be real quick, 30 second take, and I'm going to get you out of here. I just It's going to be something that I can just spit out and see if I get a response back, which is really what I want. I want the dialogue. I want the conversation. So let's start quick takes. My first quick take is Le'Veon Bell. How much sense does it make to get Le'Veon in Philadelphia? Now I know, he wants big money. He wants real big money. And I don't blame the man. But if you want to win a championship, Philadelphia sounds like a great move, Le'Veon. Come on down to Philly. Come down Broad Street. We'd love to have you. My second take is just going to be about Howie Roseman. Can this man get some more respect on his name? Howie Roseman is such a good general manager. And it's not even... He's playing chess. I know I see all the time these Patriot writers for the New England Patriots say, Oh, Belichick's playing chess and the NFL's playing checkers. I think Howie's playing chess. I mean, just look at the move for d He gets that move in a quick six-round pick and flips it to Deshaun Jackson. He bought... Yeah, bought... He got Michael Bennett last year for a late-round pick. And Marcus Johnson, who was just gone awful... And he flipped him back to New England for the same exact draft pick they gave up. So he really, it was a moot move. It didn't impact anything whatsoever. He gets Malik Jackson as soon as free agency opens up. He's just a great GM. He needs a little bit more respect. A lot of Eagles fans get a little frustrated with him. He's a salary cap wizard. He's a good talent evaluator. The only thing he's got to get better at is drafting. That's it. If he can have a good draft this year, the Eagles are competitors and they're contenders for the championship. With that being said, guys, I appreciate you checking out the podcast. It's rebranded. It's a new podcast. It's no longer the Vet's Minimum. It's a totally new thing for me, and uh, I'm excited for it. There's going to be tons and tons of stuff I'm going to do under this branding. I can just just to get into it real quick. We're going to have gaming videos on YouTube. I'm going to Twitch stream some video games. I am going to create other content on Twitter. I'm going to post on Bleeding Green Nation, which is an Eagles blog. You can catch me at the Pirates blog. I will be on even Celtics blog on occasion. Just talking sports because that's what I want to do. I've wanted to do it my whole life. I've been thinking about it so much. Now's the time. I'm going to do it right now. So I hope you're along for the ride. You can follow me on Twitter, at Tanner Yoho, underscore. That's T-A-N-N-E-R-Y-O-H-O, underscore. And with that being said, everybody, have the best day you can have. End today better than you started it. That's the goal, right? Have a good one, guys.